quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. You know what I don't miss at all? The vicious week before my period. I always used to feel like I was walking in quicksand and craving the most unhealthy of foods. My sleep was always off and my moods were unpredictable. Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. And the biggest benefit, feeling like myself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 14,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off the entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code PEACE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code PEACE for 15% off today. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood, yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connective parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle, and I'm so glad you're here. And I just wanted to read a little review from one of our lovely listeners who says, this podcast is validating and will change your parenting. It is so refreshing to find a parenting podcast that isn't shame-filled. I always leave feeling validated, even my mistakes, and empowered to do better. I've used so many of the tricks in my parenting and have seen such improvement in my relationship with my kids as well as myself. Thank you so much for this lovely feedback. We so appreciate it. And if you would love to write a review too, I would be so grateful. Today, I want to talk about this idea of our own familial roles, the ones in which were played out in our nuclear family and how those continue to drag on through our parenthood and sometimes crop up in ways that we don't really, we don't really notice sometimes and crop up in ways that can throw us off our game, quite frankly. And this came to my attention when I was working with a new client and she and I were talking about sibling rivalry and we had a lot of similarities. And in that we were both thought of as the bad kid, quote unquote, or the kid that was always too emotional or had too many feelings or couldn't manage upsets. And we're often told by our parents to be quiet, go to your room. Why are you so dramatic? and kind of labeled as the child that couldn't regulate. Whereas our sisters, both of us coincidentally had younger sisters who were thought of as the quote unquote good kid who could manage their feelings, otherwise known as stuffing your feelings. The child who was seemingly good at everything and amiable and got a lot of accolades and a lot of praise from our parents. And so it pitted us against one another because we were always thought of as bad and our sisters were always thought of as good. And this left us feeling as if nobody saw us or heard us or understood us. And for both of us, it 
pushed us into perfectionism in a way that we wanted to avoid shame. We wanted to avoid this idea of doing something wrong because we'd lived in our childhood for so long being wrong or being bad or being thought of as, you know, not as good as. And so both of us, you know, moved into this idea of perfectionism so that we could avoid the shame. And we all know that the problem with that perfectionism is that you can never reach it. But what's more important is that she and I both, and I saw this so perfectly with her right away because it was something that I had struggled with too, is that she and I both went to this idea that our strong-willed, that our emotive, that our oldest, coincidentally too, child was always wrong and was always doing the wrong thing and was picking on their little brother or sister. And, and they were acting in ways that we thought in our minds were unacceptable because they probably were reminiscent of the ways in which we acted as children or the ways in which we were characterized as children. And as she and I were talking and I pointed this out to her, it all began to click. And this idea that she really didn't want to think of her oldest child as being wrong or that they were doing these things on purpose to their younger sibling, but that it had been so ingrained in her psyche and it had been so ingrained in her childhood that this relationship that she shared with her son was digging up this relationship that she had in her family with all of her family members because behaviors were thought of out, you know, off track behaviors, behaviors that were hitting or kicking or emoting in ways that were allowed because those were thought of both in my household and for this woman too, in her household were thought of as bad and were thought of as unruly and were thought of as not the way in which you should behave. She and I both adopted this idea about our only child almost subconsciously. When we saw our only child doing something that would have been thought of as incorrect or unacceptable in our own nuclear family, it makes us believe that that is actually true because that's our experience. But when we can sit down and rationalize it and talk about it, we know the child who knocks over their brother's tower because they're jealous isn't actually doing it on purpose and being manipulative because they are a child who's just immoral. They're doing it for reasons. And in the same token, she and I were emoting, acting out or whatever, because of different reasons we had in our own household that we didn't feel seen and heard and understood, that we were constantly fighting to be looked at as good. And so many other reasons that probably we don't even realize. Want to stop yelling? Take my online on-demand workshop course, The Yelling Cure. This course, formerly known as How to Stop Yelling, is out at a very discounted price of $19.99. Learn my three-pronged approach to eliminating yelling from your parenting for good. Head to the show notes and click the link and get started today. But the point is, is that coming with this idea that behaviors are wrong also can transcend into our parenthood. And so when she and I were able to talk about it, it really highlighted this idea that she could let go of that paradigm, that she could let go of perpetrator and victim, and that she could let go of this idea that her son was actually purposefully being unkind and began to adopt the idea that he was just having a really difficult time, likely jealous of his 
little brother. And so when we adopt this new mindset and this new frame and we can reframe these ideas, that is the biggest parenting shift. It isn't the trick or the tip. I'm sure I can tell you, like, come in between your siblings, ask them what happened, have them tell you so that you can hear and validate everything that's going on. But you can do all of those things and you can say all of those prescribed words. And I can tell you exactly how you can come to your kids in those moments. But if you still truly believe one child is wrong, and one child is right, especially based on the idea of your own childhood or what you've learned growing up, there's no way that you will fully be able to help them remedy their relationship or mend their relationship or work on their relationship because you have to let go of that idea because kids are smart. They know and they can understand and their, their intuition is really good and they can tell when you're being authentic and when you truly believe and and can come in neutrally and you believe that there is no victim or perpetrator here. It's just an experience they're having. That's hard. They can feel that from us. So I think that's what she and I are going to really work on is how do we get there? How do we get, how do we change this mindset? How do we create a new neural pathway? How do we change our responses And the best way to change our responses is to change our thought process. And this thought process is a deep one and one that's been going on in our world for a long time. And so how do we unravel that? We talk about the situations. We find out just exactly what happened between our children and realize that there is no victim here. There is no perpetrator here. Everyone holds a part and that's just conflict and part of life. I guess these kind of incidences or this kind of thinking can permeate our parenting in other realms. It doesn't have to be with our siblings. It can be all kinds of things. If we were expected to be the caretaker of our younger siblings, do we then expect our older ones to take care of the younger ones? Because in our mind, that's what was the right thing to do. And do we put undue pressure on our older kids to take care of the younger ones because this is the paradigm we lived out in our own childhood? Another one that I struggle with is not being heard. As a child, I wasn't heard and seen or understood or listened to. And so I struggle to be seen and heard and understood as an adult and carry that on. And I also have a hard time, ironically, when my children want to feel heard and seen and, and stand up for themselves for a long time, I struggled with that idea that they weren't allowed to do that, that that was not acceptable because I grew up in a home where that wasn't acceptable. So things that happen in our childhood can permeate into our parenthood and throw us off track and create paradigms that don't need to exist because we're holding on to old values. So when we can reassess our current values around our children and find a new way and a more neutral way to look at them without judgment, it helps us be more connected to them. And in turn, being more connected to them creates a happier, peaceful household. I hope this was helpful. I hope that some of us out there can take a look at some of the old values that we hold and figure out ways to unravel those or get in a little deeper around them and journal about them. Journaling is a great way to kind of 
think about what has happened to us in the past. And I have a guide to journaling that I will link here in the show notes and it will get you started in thinking about the things that were hard when you were a kid and just talking about them with someone or thinking about them or writing about them helps you to unravel them some. I hope this was helpful and I hope to see you next time on the Peace and Parenting podcast. Want to get more connection and lead a more connected life with your kids? Do you want less struggles and more calm? Download my free guide and learn how to get started on your connected journey today. Go to peaceandparentingla.com forward slash connected hyphen parenting or go to the show notes and download it today.